Welcome to the Let's Be Honest podcast. In today's episode, we chat to Tegan Berger, who is a yoga teacher and lifelong student of the yoga practice. And we chat to her all about meditation, mindfulness, and how to cultivate these practices within our daily lives. I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll put Tegan's details in the show notes below. Welcome, Tegan, to the Let's Be Honest podcast. Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So let's dive right in. And I thought we'd start with what is yoga in a nutshell? (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, okay, so that is a really, I think it's a fairly simple answer, actually, but I think it now has become quite complex with um, maybe our own connotations as to what yoga is. So I'll give a couple of ideas. I think that currently we might view yoga as the physical practice. We understand yoga as something we do at a studio or over YouTube or at the moment via Zoom. <laughs> And um, that might, we might relate to that as a physical practice, but in actual fact, yoga is, it is a philosophy. It's an Indian philosophy. Um, Yoga is actually not something we can do. Yoga is a state of being. So the practices such as the physical practice that we're aware of or familiar with, those practices support us to getting towards that state of being. I think most of us understand yoga or these days um, understand yoga as the thing that happens on Instagram, (laughs) the pretty poses. And yeah, like you said, (laughs) like you said, it's not, it's not actually that superficial. It's actually um, way more deeper. And I liked what you said in terms of it. It's a state of being. Um, And that is something we'll delve into a little bit further today. So what first brought you to yoga? So I've been really, really lucky, I think. Um, from a young age, my mom has been taking me to yoga classes at the gym. So I'm, I mean, I remember going to gyms and doing yoga from about 13. And yoga was kind of something in our family home that we, we often did, definitely at the gyms. And definitely, it was quite strange, but quite beautiful, something that we did as a family together. And then in 2009, my mom started getting really into her yoga practice. And um, in 2010, she qualified as a yoga teacher. And I think I, you know, I was really, really stubborn and didn't want to really know, learn about yoga through my mom. So I thought, well, I'd like to know more about yoga, but, you know, how do I learn more? So I, I signed up to a teacher training. So in 2011, I signed up to a teacher training and it really was out of just an interest of trying to learn more about this practice. I, to be honest, I really was like, cool, you know, maybe by the end of this, I'll have a job. I'll be able to teach a class. So I, um, yeah, I was 19 and I kind of went into it, not at all understanding or knowing what yoga was about. I definitely thought it was a physical practice and I got so much more than what I I thought I was going to get, which was really, really incredible. 
So just saying that you got more than what you you thought you would get, um, let's delve a little bit into that. What, what do you mean? So it's really interesting. I think I feel really, really lucky every day that I had this practice in my life from, like I said, 19, um, because it's what we learn about through yoga philosophy is that yoga is a philosophy of right living or how to live correctly almost in a way I don't want to say correctly maybe that's the wrong word but a way of right living and yoga philosophy has these moral codes that we take on ourselves to live an easier and more peaceful life and a happier life and I think that having that philosophy along with all the practices that comprise of yoga has really set me up as the person that I am and the person that I'm continually striving towards. Um, so I definitely got more than just the physical. I got more than being able to do postures. I definitely got tools for a happier, calmer, more peaceful lifestyle. The first time I decided to actually do a yoga teacher training, I did with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember my mom asking me in terms of the, the spiritual side you know I was raised in a Christian household and I identify as a Christian <laughs> um, and my mom was like you know but is it okay because in her mind she saw it as a religion and you know we know that yoga isn't a religion to people that um, oh actually also gave a class to a group of ladies for a corporate and I was told repeatedly by three different people in the group that one of them um, a Christian and she's really like very nervous to be doing yoga because the church told her she mustn't <laughs> I mean talk about misconceptions um, and you know I must just please keep it in mind so nothing I mustn't do anything that's like uh, out there and I mean just please just keep it keep it in keep it in um yeah so <laughs> I thought maybe we could discuss this a little bit and how you know yoga isn't a religious um, practice but could actually support a possible religious practice I really really love this question because um like you said there's there's a lot of misconception thrown around and a lot of our own connotations placed on things and I think us living in South Africa, what I've learned is that we live in a much more conservative country than we are maybe aware of. And, you know, what I've what I've also learned in my own yoga practice and my own spiritual journey is that yoga has actually brought, brought me closer to my relationship with God. And I'll explain why, which is really beautiful. Um, so yoga is not a religion. It is a spiritual practice that um, supports any religion because you get to choose who your God is. And I think that's something really, really beautiful, you know, um, and this is what sets it apart. This is why is it why it is a philosophy, because yoga philosophy asks you to understand what the divine is or what God is. And again, like I said, you choose. But the whole purpose of this practice is uniting you or reuniting you with your God. So in actual fact, to me, I view this practice as a way to get closer to my version of God. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because it is, because it's an Indian practice, I think that 
we've automatically assumed that it means it's Hinduism, but it's really not. Um, and I think there's a little bit of confusion and I completely get where people are coming from because you will go to classes, studios or wherever where there might be some chanting and there might be usage of different deities' names, but that doesn't extend to all yoga teachers and that doesn't extend to all yoga practices. So if you are a religious person and you are concerned about that, what I would say is look around, find a teacher where you feel comfortable um, where you don't feel like you need to maybe chant a different God's name that might not work for you and that's completely fine. But what I will say is yoga philosophy, if you have a look into it, you will learn that um, yoga philosophy is all about reuniting you with God and like I said, you choose who your God is. If you are someone who struggles with dysmenorrhea or painful periods, it's not a bad idea to have it checked out by a healthcare professional. Remember that women's health physiotherapists can also help you with your pain and dysfunction. Your symptoms like lower back pain is often associated with other tightness or other dysfunction in muscles around the abdominal wall, around the pelvis, and even into the pelvic floor. So always discuss this with your healthcare professional or your pelvic health physio. We tend to always jump to the first um, over-the-counter medication pain meds that we can get and it begs the question, are we hiding more severe illnesses like endometriosis, like fibroids um, and it's always worth it to have this checked out. One of the first ways we teach our clients how to manage pain is how to breathe. Breathing is so important, it's the basis of our life and many times, especially when we are in pain or when we are anxious, we tend to either hold our breath or breathe very superficially. Deep breathing can help us to tap into our parasympathetic nervous system, our relax, our calming nervous system. In particular, deep belly breaths help us to let go of holding on with our tummy muscles, holding on with our pelvic floor, which are the things that tend to worsen our pain when we do have a painful period or painful menstrual cramps. And maybe you've been pregnant before or you have had natural birth and you've had to breathe through your contractions. You'd know that holding your breath actually makes it feel worse. So breath is really one of the first ways that we can tap into our natural pain control mechanisms. So today I have a meditation for you to help you work through your painful menstrual cramps and I hope that you enjoy it when the time comes. So in global pandemic times where anxiety is the common feeling among us, we hear a lot about meditation and mindfulness and how you know practicing these two um, can can help us manage certain feelings and maybe you can under help us understand 
what this means. So what is meditation and what is mindfulness? Is there a difference? Yeah, I think there's, to me, I do sometimes feel like they're a little bit interchangeable, but I think there is still a bit of a difference. So in my mind, um, mindfulness is finding or rather being fully present in what you are um, what you are busy with. So for example, if you are cooking, being fully present in the cooking, you know, being fully present in preparing the meal, in enjoying the meal, in savoring the meal. Um, you know, if you are going for a walk, being fully present in that walk, being fully present in your surroundings, taking them in. Those are ways that I like to practice mindfulness. Um, whereas meditation is maybe, there's, there's maybe been a little bit of a, um, like in yoga philosophy, in the yoga philosophy, meditation is actually more a state of being. But what we practice really, um, when we say we're practicing meditation, is really concentration. We are fixing our mind on something or sometimes nothing. Um, sometimes we have a guided meditation that holds our concentration and we, you know, we focus our mind on one thing. And by concentrating on one thing as opposed to a million thoughts moving through our head, we really allow ourselves to empty out our mind. So I would say that mindfulness is being present, being um, aware of what it is you're busy doing. And then meditation is actually being still and concentrating on just one thing. So in the world we're living in right now, you know, we really need all the tools we can get, right? And sometimes a lot of us find that that form of concentration through practicing something like yoga or physical practice of yoga. And it's almost like a moving meditation. That's what you'll hear a lot of people say. And it really is, but it's a moving meditation because our mind is concentrating on what is going on. And then, um, but what I would say is what's beautiful about mindfulness is we can start seeping that out into the rest of our life and start really um, starting to notice what we're, what we're busy engaging with instead of maybe, you know, scrolling on our phones while we eat. Or, you know, one of the things I try to do, and it's such a hard practice, is trying to actually have a shower without letting your mind plan the day, without letting your mind think about work, think about the next thing, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, just being mindful about the shower or the bath that you're having and enjoying just that. So whatever it is that you enjoy, you know, like maybe you're a runner, maybe you're a cyclist, whatever it is that you do, when you are doing those things, really engage and be present in doing them. Really make them more purposeful, make them more beautiful, as opposed to something that you do while letting your mind be busy. So um, I was just thinking while you were explaining that. So in today's hustle culture, we... We're always trying to be so productive in the, in the little time that we have. And I'm thinking of myself, you know, when I um, used to go for a walk, I used to put a podcast in the ears. And I mean, it's not a walk if my podcast isn't in, if I'm not listening to my book, if I'm not getting that information that I need to be taking in. 
And um, I've actually changed that recently, you know, where I'm, I'm trying not to listen to a book or to a podcast when I am choosing to do something like go for a walk. And most of the time I do go for a walk with, with um, Mark. <laughs> so I choose to go for a walk with him and talk to him the entire time. Poor man, that was his off time. But <laughs> um, uh, it's just so interesting, that, you know, on Instagram or, or, or just checking out any other, um, I want to call millennials life, is you're like, how do they fit all of that into a day and I need to be better and and we kind of just fill our time with with so much that we lose the small things and like you said like having a shower feeling the heat on your skin smelling the shampoo you know what whatever that is you're busy doing um we we don't we we aren't present in the in the uh, little moments and I guess that's that's also what anxiety is you know anxiety is something I have never thought I struggled with but I, I it was called out by a therapist and since then I, I've realized my whole life I've been anxiety ridden and anxiety is is stressing about the future stressing about the things that you are not in control of um, and practicing things like you said, like being mindful and being present in the moment is so important um, in, in slowing the mind. And I guess practicing mindfulness might then support a meditation practice. Yes, definitely. So what I will say is um, I also struggle for, with anxiety. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it also took losing a parent and going to therapy to realize that I was holding on by strings, <laughs> threads, really, threads. And, um, you know, I thought because I had this amazing or what I thought was an amazing yoga practice, I, you know, did the things, I did this, all that I thought I needed to do. And what I do want to just say is sometimes that isn't always enough, firstly, and I do want to add that I think that we are living in this time now where we have something like social media and we are following people who are living these lives that are completely unattainable. And I'll just elaborate from my own perspective. You know, oftentimes we're following these people who don't really have a nine to five job. <laughs> they aren't working. And yes, they've been fortunate enough to make social media their job. I'm not saying they don't work. I'm just saying they're not following a nine to five job. And if you had to compare a day, you know, if you're not working nine to five, you've got a lot of time to, for example, work out for however long in the gym. You've got enough time to educate yourself on these topics. You've got enough time to become a perfect flexible Instagram yogi, etc., etc. And the list goes on. So I think what I've learned is to answer your question in short, yes, meditation and um, mindfulness are definitely going to support us. As I said, you know, emptying the mind, that's what those practices really allow us to do. But what we need to remember is we are not, if you are someone who has a nine to five job, we are not able to accomplish the same things in a day that they might be able to. And that's something I've had to kind of reconcile within myself because, you know, 
here I am teaching and I, I teach a lot of classes. I run teacher trainings. I try to study my degree when I finally get the opportunity to. And it all seems like there's a lot of time, but also then you're trying to pay bills. You're trying to run a house. You're trying to have successful relationships, partnerships, all those types of things. And what I've realized is instead of comparing myself to the person, let's say, who can float into a handstand, that's not attainable for me right now. What is attainable is that I need to maintain rather healthy relationships also within myself. I need to find a routine that works for my lifestyle, that fits in with the work that I have and that I need to accomplish. And that is what's more, um, that's kind of more where my mind is being shifted to as opposed to do it all. You know, like I'm going to do what I can do and what's in the best of my capacity. And again, this is something you learn in yoga philosophy is putting in the effort, but also being happy with the results and not being unhappy with results you don't think are good enough. And that's something so beautiful. You know, it doesn't mean that we are lazy, not at all, or complacent. What it means is we are happy with the effort we put in. So if your effort that you can put in is you know, going for a walk, talking to your partner. I mean, that's how we keep our relationships alive. You know, that's a lot more important personally for me than um, than going to the gym for an hour. That's that's not gonna, that doesn't fill my life in the same way. You know, this is someone I might wanna spend the rest of my life with. So, you know, I, I'm not in a relationship with the gym, <laughs> for example. And yes, that has its own side effects and that's that's a personal choice. But those are choices we need to be happy with, you know, and those are choices we need to go. That is the best choice I can make on the day. So I do definitely think that mindfulness and um, meditation will help you. I think mindfulness helps us because we start seeing what is important to us. We start seeing what it is we want to be spending our energy on and how we want to be spending our energy and meditation, because we start to, with the meditation practice, we start to declutter our mind of that hustle-bustle culture and comparing ourselves to what we see and what we think we should be doing. So my next question is, how do we start cultivating a daily practice? Now, I've left practice open because be that meditation, be that mindfulness. Where do we start? You know, I think start with where your life has space. So, you know, for me, for example, right now, I'm not, it's winter in Johannesburg. It's, it's really cold. I don't really want to be getting up super early. And also I, I really like that extra long cuddle in the morning. So I, you know, as much as I think I'm maybe being a little bit lazy, the early mornings don't really fit in with my life. So what does fit in my with my life is where can I find a pocket of time where I can be alone? And maybe that's for five minutes. You know, I think oftentimes we we put these expectations on ourselves that we need to meditate for, you know, half an hour or we need to meditate for X amount of time or do yoga practice for X amount of time. And if we're not doing that, then, you know, it's not even worth our while. And it's so wrong because we just need to start wherever we are and whatever we have time for. Maybe that's five minutes, you know, like we can't 
if you are a mom um, and you have children to look after and we're saying, okay, well, now get up at four o'clock in the morning before your children wake up and do all of these things, of course, no one wants to do that. It becomes such a burden and it becomes nothing you look forward to. So I would really say, start with where is the best time in your day? And, you know, let's say you work a nine to five job, you know, maybe it's it's before your lunch break or as your lunch break starts, just take five minutes. Maybe it's even in the car, lying on your bed. You know, if you're working from home still, lying on your bed, closing your eyes, having no technology around you and just breathing. You know, maybe just taking your hands to your belly and just breathing for five minutes. That is a way to concentrate your mind, practice a form of meditation and just empty out the mayhem that really is our mind. So I, my best advice is for all practices is just start small. Don't put expectations on these practices. Um, you know, we, the first couple of meditations, probably even the first, I mean, meditation is still really hard for me. You know, it's, it's always a challenge and it's always like, it's hard work, but don't place this expectation that we're going to sit, close our eyes and our mind is going to be empty because that's not going to happen either. The whole point of this practice is that over time, we'll start diminishing that busyness. But, you know, depending on how crazy your lifestyle is or on how hectic things really are, that will change day to day as well. So don't place expectations on yourself and start small. Those are my, my two pieces of advice. Um, that That's great advice. I think if we think of like any form of exercise that we've ever tried to do, it's the same. Like you don't just start by running 5Ks. You start by walking 5Ks and maybe running a minute on five minutes off. And that's the same with meditation, yeah. right? We start small. Yeah, I, I exactly like you said. And what I the example I really like to use is is like when we learned how to drive a car and if because we're in South Africa, we mostly learned how to drive with a, a manual and that's really hard. And just thinking about, you know, like how hard that process of learning how to drive a car was, how many times we stalled, how many times we embarrassed ourselves trying to park, how many times we we almost knocked a car in first gear, you know, all of those things that it takes to get a license for example and even then once we i remember when i got my license i was just like terrified of being on the highway i was terrified when cars passed me by and now you know driving is so in, ingrained in my mind in my body that changing gears isn't a thing you barely need to use the ha the, the handbrake because you can pull up off a hill all of those things are sudden, suddenly second nature and i like to think this whole practice of let's if you want to call it asana if you want to call it your breathing practice or your meditation practice your mindfulness practice all of those things are going to take a lot of time a lot of hours for it to become second nature and we i think we often think okay well it's going to be second nature by tomorrow and what we really need to go is it took me a while to learn this one thing maybe I should give mindfulness and meditation that same time and that same opportunity before it becomes second nature. So give yourself that time and just think back to any time you, you learned something, any time something was hard for you. It's the same as a job, you know, the first day on a job is terrifying. We know nothing. And as we get more comfortable and familiar with the work that we do, the job becomes easier and it becomes a little bit more, um, 
you know, we, we've become a little bit more confident in the work that we do. So yeah, definitely um, these things take time and it's a practice. You know, that's why we, that's such a beautiful word. It's a practice. It's not meant to, there's no end result. We're just practicing. And every day we might get a little bit better. Some days we go back, some days we go forward, but it's a practice. So in saying all of that, I was wondering if you could take us through a meditation practice to end our podcast with. Absolutely. So we can, um, the meditation practice that I'll take you through is really um, just a little bit of body awareness, breath awareness. And this is something that I find really helps me. And like I said, focusing the mind on something else instead of our thoughts. So where, what I really like to suggest is be as comfortable as you can be. You know, if you want to lie on a bed, rather lie on a bed. <laughs> if you want to sit on a chair, sit on a chair. If you are happy to sit upright, of course, sit upright, you know, but start wherever you are. Um, so wherever you are right now, we can sit cross-legged, we can sit on our knees. If you're lying on your bed, make sure you're warm, you're comfortable. Um, ideally, you want to um, just kind of lay yourself out, maybe just wriggle around, take a moment to get nice and comfortable. And you can roll through the head, through the neck. And really, really just take a moment to fidget, to wriggle, kind of get all of that excess energy out of the body. And then wherever you are, just take a big inhale and exhale, let this breath go. And let's do a couple of breaths like this, just taking a big inhale and exhale, let it go. And now wherever you find yourself, just feeling the muscles of the face begin to soften. Begin to bring that softness through your eyes, your cheeks, and your jaw. And then just see if you can feel your connection of the body pressing either on the chair or the ground. And then wherever you find that connection of the body, just see if it could melt a little bit deeper and become a little bit heavier. And now just bring all of your awareness to your breath. Noticing the air enter through the nostrils. Noticing the air leave the nostrils. And then become aware of your belly and see if you can send all of your breath to the belly. Taking a big inhale, feeling your belly expand and a big exhale, feeling the belly draw back. You might notice that as you breathe in this way, the torso or the chest might start to move and rise with the breath. See if you can still this movement just to a point that is comfortable for you. 
and instead maybe even taking your hands to your belly or your ribs and starting to send and feel all of the breath at that part of yourself. So inhale, the belly fills up. And exhale, the belly empties up. And maybe for today, there is something you'd like to breathe in. Maybe that is peace, love, or joy. And with every breath out, maybe there is something you'd like to release, something you'd like to let go of. Inhale, breathing in what it is that you need. Exhale, breathing out everything you don't. Inhale, breathing it in. Exhale, letting it go. You can do this for as long as you feel you need to. And know that anytime your mind starts to wander off to another thought, just bring it back. Bring it back to these physical sensations of your breath. And bring it back to what it is that you'd like to breathe in and what it is you'd like to breathe out. Before opening the eyes, simply place the palms of the hands over the eyes. And in this space, you could start to softly blink open, just allowing for a little bit of light to touch the eyes before sliding the hands down the face and awakening yourself where you are. Thank you so much for that. I'm not going to lie, I didn't need that today. <laughs> Yay, I'm so, so glad. Thank you so much for allowing me to share that with you. All right, so we hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and share with anyone you think would need this the most. Thank you, Tegan. Thank you so much, Emma, for having me. Um, it is always so wonderful having a chat with you, having a laugh with you, and just being around you. Thank you so, so much.